0: Welcome back to The Unbelievable Podcast. I am B.J. Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, we're talking about another Minnesota Vikings victory. And we are back! The Vikings are back. They just defeated as of about 10 minutes ago, for this recording. The Vikings just got their fourth win of the season by a score of 19-13 to over the Chicago Bears. It wasn't the prettiest game in the world, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and the Vikings, honestly... You know they did a lot of things that could have lost them this ball game, but ultimately um, they came out ahead. And you know it. We said it was a race to 20. The Vikings didn't quite get there because of, you know, one of several special teams mishaps. And but they were the closer team, closer to the pin, right? Um, so the Vikings moved back into, you know, position to compete for a playoff spot. Um, so let's let's talk about it. Let's uh, let's talk about this game. It's exciting, first of all. Uh, just to get out of the way so we don't have to bring it up a million times on the show, Kirk Cousins has won his first Monday Night Football game. Congratulations to Kirk Cousins. Won he was N- fired
1: up about that, too. I don't know if they – that, that I, short little clip when they – the camera – they had uh, Kirk Cousins on camera there, I think after a key first down towards the end there. He was uh, fired up. Uh, I, th- I think this actually did mean it to him. As much as, you know, he's going to talk it to the media afterwards probably and say, oh, that's not what it's about. It's about the team win, you know. That, that meant a lot to him, the 0 the, the 9 Monday Night Football record. He wanted to win that one. You could tell right there.
0: So, not only did he break, you know, kind of that, you know, that, that weird blemish, I suppose, that he has on his quarterback resume, um, it's still not a great record, but regardless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, not only did he do that, but, but Kirk Cousins is largely the reason the Vikings won this football game, right? Um, you know, you can make a strong candidate that he was the MVP of this game, and he's, you know, um, without his performance, the Vikings aren't in position to, um, you know, get the win at the, you know, going down the stretch there at the in the fourth quarter. Now, Cousins finishes 25 of 36, 292 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. The interception, I think we can kind of write off. It's, that one's more on Adam Thielen. The mm-hmm. the rare um, Adam Thielen play that can could potentially be a backbreaker. We've seen this a couple times in his career where something, you know, whether it's a fumble, a drop, whatever it is, I thought that that was going to be it. I thought that was going to be the moment yeah, the Vikings screwed it up. Well, if it wasn't
1: that, it was the Patterson return for a touchdown that I was like, okay, well, that's the momentum change Chicago needed. It's over now. Um, But, you know, I think, I think Kirk was, it was, I saw, I think Nick Olson, our friend tweeted um, something like, this is one of those rare games where it seems like Kirk is the one that's just dealing and his receivers aren't helping him out. And usually it's kind of maybe the other way around where the receivers maybe helping Kirk out more. And, I mean, Kirk, it's not like Kirk was, he didn't have, there wasn't too many just absolute dime balls or, you know, insane passes, that type of throws that no other quarterback would make type of thing. You could make the argument, actually, uh, that the touchdown throw to Thielen, the first one was one of those throws. But um, other than that, like, it wasn't necessarily about him making, otherworldly throws or otherworldly plays. It was just kept it mistake free. He went through progressions pretty well. Like he checked down. When it was appropriate. He uh, took the shots downfield and it was appropriate. So, I mean, he, he managed the game. I mean, you know, the game manager, uh, I guess, tag has a, has a negative connotation to it, but that is what being a quarterback is. It, you, you are managing the game on, on the offensive side of the ball. And he did that extremely well in this game uh, against a really, really good bears defense. So, Uh, Really good props to him for kind of overcoming that hump because Chicago has dominated Kirk Cousins the last couple of years. So he got over that hump today with, uh, you know, that was that was big to see for sure.
0: Absolutely. You know, not only does this put the Vikings back into a position where they can contend for a playoff spot. And we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Um, But this is like this is a big momentum swing. That's three consecutive division wins. They're now three and one in the NFC North. With that only loss being, you know, what should have probably been a preseason game against Green Bay. Now, you know, you can you could probably start to build some confidence at this point, I think. And and here's why. Because the Vikings didn't win behind Dalvin Cook tonight against the Chicago Bears. Dalvin Cook was a factor. He wasn't completely, you know, irrelevant. He finished the game with ninety six yards. I know that might seem a little bit strange because it certainly doesn't seem like he got there, uh, but he carried the ball 30 times, and that means you know that equates to roughly a 3.2 carry average, I believe is what it is. Um, generally speaking, we don't expect to win games when Dalvin Cook plays that way. Um, the Vikings over the last couple weeks have shown that that they want to win games by using Dalvin Cook, and mm-hmm. if possible, Dalvin Cook exclusively. Now tonight they had to flip the script, and they basically had to flip it early. Because Dalvin was not going anywhere. Like, he was giving you the three yards every play. That's it. Which isn't going to win ball games for this Vikings team unless they start to throw the ball. And that's exactly what they did. And whether it was Jefferson making plays all over the field again or Adam Thielen coming away with two humongous touchdowns, one being an absolutely sensational catch, um, you know, the Vikings were able to do something through the air for the first time in what feels like forever, honestly.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was weird because after a little bit of this game, you realized um, that Dalvin just wasn't going to cook if, you know, pun intended. Right. Like that. He wasn't getting uh, the ground game going. And um, especially you could tell right away too. Akeem Hicks was a big part of that. And then when he left the right. game, things kind of opened up right. a little bit for Dalvin. And I don't think that was a coincidence. But um, one note here. Kirk Cousins on third down tonight, 10 for 11, 149 yards, two touchdowns uh, dealing on third down. And a lot of that was to Justin Jefferson as well. Um, and so it almost felt like, in a way, you know, the reliance on Dalvin the last couple of weeks, and it worked so much, kind of, you know, it seemed like the like uh, Kubiak home plays, uh, they were a little bit stubborn and too reliant on Cook t- for too long in this game. Because it seemed like the way Cousins was dealing, you kind of had to let him rip a little bit. And this game could have broken open a lot more than, you know, it was too close probably uh, than it should have been. But, uh, I mean, yeah, Kirk, phenomenal game. Uh, this is one of those. He, I don't want to say it's a career night for Kirk because this game c- could be. It's very likely that this game is completely meaningless, you know, in a couple months. But right. um, this is one of those signature games in his career at this point, uh, which doesn't say a whole lot about his career, but it is because it's a big Monday night game, divisional game on the road, Monday night football, um, trying to keep your team alive. Uh, the horrible track record against both Chicago and on Monday night, and he kind of carried the team to this win. Now, granted. We'll talk about the other side of the ball here. But, uh, of course, also helping in the cause was Chicago's horrendous, horrendous offense that uh, I can't even I I can't even fathom how they won five games in this this actual 2020 season.
0: Yeah. I mean, I picked Chicago just like knowing that this offense was bad. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was this bad. Right. So give credit to where credit is due for Kirk Cousins. You know he played sensational. He overcame some demons tonight, um, and he was the catalyst in this Vikings victory. Was, this was not a Dalvin Cook game, and that you know that's important here because this is this receiving chart is is in itself just shows how much of you know an effort that Kirk Cousins put out there. You get eight receptions from Justin Jefferson, four from Rudolph, four from Thielen, two from BB, four from Dalvin Cook, two from Conklin. He was spreading it around everywhere. Um, he was the guy, but now. If you're only going to get 19 points, though, that's my one issue with this Kirk Cousins performance is that you ultimately only got 19. Then you've got to you got to, you know, cut a pieces of the cake for the defense here, because ultimately when the game was on the line, they were the you know, they were the group that really was able to come through. There were multiple occasions where Chicago was either threatening to be in a position to to come back in this game or straight up in position to win this game. And the Vikings defense was able to hold tough and like that's not something that we got used to seeing the first month of the season, but really this has kind of been a theme now for the past three weeks. His defense is playing a lot better.
1: Hercules Mataafa is uh, something fired him up when he was cut. And then back on the practice squad, something happened where he really got fired up and he has taken it to opposing offensive linemen. Now Uh, he's lining up all over the the line as well. He's been outside. He's been, uh, you know, at the a gap, he's been all over he's causing some havoc and it's, Kind of nuts. What's ha- what Zimmer is doing with his defense right now? Because, you know, I don't know how many times the Monday Night Crew on ESPN was gonna was gonna say that the Vikings are down their top four corners. It seemed like every other possession they mentioned that. Uh, and whether Jeff Gladney falls into that category or not is kind of up to you. But basically, it's clear the Vikings are down a lot. There's no Deal Hunter, obviously, uh, no Bernard Pierce, uh, and and no Anthony Barr. And then there's actually an Eric Kendrick scare for a little bit there in the game. But then of course all the cornerback injuries. And this defense has has been great the last three weeks after the bye week. So, uh, credit to Mike Zimmer. You know, we kind of, I myself included, started to doubt Zimmer. Uh,
0: We'd ask bye week. That was a very real question about. Yeah,
1: I mean, should yeah. he lose his job? And it, there is maybe there's maybe that's part of this. Maybe you know the front office and ownership went to Zimmer and said, all right, hey, you know, you got to do this and this and this to keep your job, and he's he's delivering. So. I uh, really depleted defensive unit. Still, we're kind of forgetting almost how depleted this unit is right now because of the way that they've held, you know, Green Bay in check, Detroit in check, and now Chicago just dominated them, holding them to less than 200 yards. Granted, it was the Chicago Bears, but point is, defense is, is it's not all the way back. It's not 2017, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's competitive. And certainly that's different than the narrative of the first three to five weeks of the year. Where this defense didn't even seem like a JV team. So uh, credit to the Vikings. Uh, you know, it, I, yeah, this team's they're they're back in the playoff fold now, and um, there's there's hope. There's hope for the playoffs, which is I, I can't even believe we're at this point, uh, given where this thing was at the bye week.
0: I've got I've got an important question. Why why is this Vikings defensive line better without Yannick Ngakwe? I,
1: I, I wish I could answer. Them. I wish I could. And I think the uh, only I think I the know. only,
0: the only fair answer is DJ Wanham, right? Because that's really the only, that's the bait and switch there, He's right? He's
1: just, I mean, I guess, uh, he, he has looked been. really nice. He has been really he has good. He's looked really nice. Yeah, uh, that maybe that's it. Uh, maybe the, you know what? I guess the, you know, the Vikings coaching staff didn't know what they had in DJ Wanham until he kind of got that chance, and that's, you know, how things have unfolded now. I don't know, uh, but he certainly looks. Like, he could be a nice little gem, another mid-round gem for Rick Spielman to put on the resume. Uh, that looks like a good pick right now.
0: He doesn't even need to be, you know, in theory, down the line here, he doesn't necessarily need to be a star either, right? Like, his future in Minnesota, he could—this is what he's doing right now. That's good enough to be a, rot- a nice rotational piece, You'll, and he'll take that. Because yeah. when you get to Neil Hunt in theory, he goes back into that role unless he's able to outplay Odenigbo, who also had a pretty nice— night, uh, getting pressure off the edge, something that, you know, we were concerned about, um, early in the season. And it kind of, you know, lended support to the idea that the Vikings needed to go out and get a guy like Gawkway. But ever since he's been gone, I mean, it, the pocket has collapsed that much quicker. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if the numbers reflect this, but it certainly looks like that on paper where well, and it's, it's one thing if our- it
1: was just n- happening to Nick Foles and the bears, but like it had had been happening to Aaron Rodgers and Matthew right. Stafford previous two games like this isn't a one one one-off fluke here for the vikings defense against a bad offense like they had they i want to say i don't want to say shut down the packers but they definitely held them in check relative to how they performed against other defenses so far this year and then detroit same thing so uh there's there's a lot of reason for hope that things are trending in the right direction defensively for sure and i think that's you know the main reason why there's so much optimism now around the vikings where you know three weeks ago there was absolutely none of that. So you is a big piece of that for sure. He's been, he's been a stud.
0: Absolutely. And Armin
1: Watts too. Armin Watts has been really good the last couple weeks uh, against the run in particular.
0: There's a lot of new names here that we might be getting to know a little bit better because I mean, you know, in theory, right when the Vikings were one in five, the, the most important thing for a lot of these players in this roster, we're competing for a roster spot next year, right? Um, now these guys have won three games together. This, this young group, this kind of weird, forced-together group that include, includes guys like Watts. Chris Boyd, who has played with his hair on fire the last couple weeks. Uh, he's been worlds better than what we saw from him early on. Um, you know, Troy Dye was in, the, in on the action this week. Uh, he had a really important pressure in this game. Uh, there's just a lot of new faces, and of course you... You kind of expect it, but you are now seeing real development from Jeff Gladney. Um, He blew up a couple of very important screens, um, and he's been arguably the best cornerback. But I I do say Chris Boyd has has played very, very well. You have to give him a lot of credit for the way that he played the last couple weeks. uh, Kind of playing in Gladney's shadow, because I think a lot of us as Vikings fans are watching the first-round pick, more so than the undrafted guy that played like hell the last month or so. Um, but you, I think you do have to give some credit to Boyd, who was very nice in coverage today. I mean, ultimately, you know, the combination between um, Gladney and Boyd was able to hold, you know, receivers in the entire NFL, Allen Robinson, who mm-hmm. uh, we spoke at length about on the preview show to just six catches at 43 yards. That's certainly not what we were expecting. And I think that, you know, there's a fair case to, to make that Nick Foles is part of that problem, obviously. Um, but still, I mean, y- you have to be very happy with what you're seeing from both you know, the guys up front and the guys in the back end. I mean, I think as a, as a fan base, we're pretty comfortable with Eric Kendricks and Eric Wilson in the middle right now. You know, it's not necessarily ideal, but with the way that Wilson has played for about what, five weeks in a row now and knowing where absolutely. Right, um, you feel good about that middle level. It's been the, the question mark has been on the back end with the injuries and you know the young players, and, the, and then of course this pass rush. Um, and you're getting you're getting all three units, you know, kind of merging together um, to put this team in a very competitive position every week. Um, and that's certainly nice to see, if nothing else, from a fan's perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the coverage breakdowns, uh, you know, seem are are quickly decreasing by the week. Uh, where and it seems like now it's just uh, schematically two things are way better you know it seems like everything's kind of coming together the right way um eric wilson is uh, uh unbelievable right now and i mean in a way this is kind of the the you know cloudy way of looking at this but it's a, it's making the anthony bar contract look pretty bad uh because well i mean wilson seems it doesn't seem like they're missing much with with bar out uh but the, you know the the cornerback play has it, it's much better and there's certainly less concerns about that and you know I just gave it up to Zimmer. I mean, he he came into this game and knowing that, knowing there's a lot of weaknesses from this Bears offense and he really exploited them and he did kind of make, you know, he, you you shut down Allen Robinson, keep the top on him and try to make someone else beat you and nobody else really did besides the special teams, which is probably the one glaring problem with this game is the Vikings special teams still is an issue and um, I think that was, it's was funny because one thing we talked about uh, in the lions post game show, I believe was how, you know, you can't have two blocked punts, uh, and the special teams be this bad and win next week at Chicago. And it was probably arguably worse special teams. And, uh, like you still are able to get that. a W but yeah, Let's they're still able to that. get a W
0: that's we need, we need to have this conversation now, right? We, we glossed over it last week, right? We were like, you know what? Couple mistakes didn't cost <laughs> them a win, whatever. Um, it's a trend now. It's a problem now. We got to talk about this, right? Um, I, I don't know what's going on with the Vikings special team. The last special teams, the last two weeks, but it's literally there's a problem at every single on I mean, every single.
1: How safe is, is Maloof's job? What do you think?
0: I, it, 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 I mean, if you're going to fire someone right now, that's your guy. You're I mean, it's tough
1: to fire anybody after three straight wins. But I agree. But like, special teams is it, look, it's, it's ugly right now all across the board.
0: it's not it's there's at least one like major problem at basic on basically every single special individual special team right i mean austin cutting right now is is hurting every unit that he's snapping on every unit it's 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 dangerous i think everyone on that there was a real
1: fear for a long time that the vikings were going to lose this game 20 to 19 because of that missed extra point or i guess it wasn't missed it was just straight up you know, a bad snap that caused a kind of a, it's not
0: just the bad snap though, that put them in a position where the bears could go down and win the game with a touchdown and an extra point. It's also the fact that when the Vikings went to punt the next time out, I mean, you can't tell me that every guy on that team wasn't shitting their pants, <laughs> you know, like think about being in that position. You have to snap the football. Cause it wasn't
1: just that one singular snap in the, fi- no, in it the wasn't. Filters. last week and the week before it's been shaky for a few weeks now. And, you know, there's. has got to bring I mean, someone in, I think, I think one of my buddies said, cause it's, it's still, it's military appreciation month, in the NFL, but like, so you don't want to cut Austin cutting right now. Uh, but you know, it might be time to, to, you know, have that discussion with him because it's been rough and some, I mean, maybe, and I'm not, I'm not a long snapping expert. I have no idea. Maybe there's some other things going on that I'm not aware of, but, I'm enough uh, of an
0: expert to know that you can't snap the ball. You can't. You can't,
1: the ball. You, can't, you can't roll a ground ball to your, your tier holder, right?
0: That's not, that's not going to work. So but, it's, okay, here's it's a question base.
1: for you. This is not a, a cutting thing, but this is just, like, why kick the ball to Cordero Patterson? That is clearly the biggest threat they have to score at this point, is Cordero Patterson kick return. There's no reason to kick to him.
0: Also, I don't get it. if any team in the world knows not to kick to Patterson, yes. shouldn't it be our Vikings? What? It was there, so many like the, the Vikings did a couple things here where it felt like they were they were doing they're trying to lose the game. You know, you, you think about the drop feel in play, letting Cordero Patterson open up the half. I mean, a couple of posi- positions that the Vikings were. In, I mean, you know, it, it really felt like they were going to have another meltdown. And ultimately they didn't, but you know, this special, you're not going to keep winning football games with the special teams playing the way it is cut and mm-hmm.
1: dry. Like, not. It's, it's not sustainable. You can't like, cause I mean, entering the week, I don't know how it, if it changed after this game or not, but I know entering the week, the Vikings were worst in the league in both offensives, like starting field position and then defensive starting field position. So like, I think their average starting field position offensively was like their own 20 something or 22, I think. And then defensively, it was like the 35, uh, you know, and that a lot of that has to do with special teams, whether it's, you know, your punter pinning the uh, opposing the offense deep field position or it's your return units giving up a bunch of yards on the returns like that type of thing. It's it, so it's not just about the kicking or the, the snapping or, you know, stopping the return. It's, it's all across the board. The special teams unit has been bad. And that's, you know. I mean, these are the plays that they don't get a lot of attention, but in a normal circumstance, that's a huge red flag. And they're not you can't win three games in a row with special teams that bad. But this has been a weird stretch of games.
0: Shockingly, Dan Bailey, the kicker, the only one that seems unaffected by the Vikings special team issues. Um, But it's got to be coming like you saw on that extra point. This is really what makes what concerns me with cutting moving forward. As you saw on the extra point, right, where Dan where Dan Bailey had to hold when the when the ball skipped,
1: yeah. he had oh, to he hold had to stop. there, and yeah. now
0: that's in his mind forever. Yep, forever. That makes me very nervous. Moving a little forward.
1: bit of confidence, kind of taken away there, because and I I don't I mean I'm sure that's a big deal for kickers, right? Getting into a rhythm, trusting your, your specialists. To yeah, it's gotta I mean, be. It's... There's gotta be some trust there that when you take it away, it's it's uh, yeah, I. I, it's, you know, you hope that's, the, I mean, it's classic Vikings, right? For that to be a huge concern moving forward as special teams, uh, where it's seemingly everything is going right on the other two sides of the ball, offense, defense. Uh, but I don't know. Other than that, I mean, I love the way that, you know, offense moved the ball. We're able to without a Dalvin Cook huge game. And it's not like we're concerned about Dalvin Cook in the running game moving forward. I think it's just the Bears are that good stopping the run. Uh, but the way. Like the offense moved the ball through the air. Kirk is very efficient. Defensively, no issues at all with a, a Bears offense that lacked that lacks anything. I mean, they that was just two field goals, um, which one of them came off of the interception based on field position. So, a lot of a uh, lot of positives to take away. It's just the really glaring negative as special teams.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, across the board here, the Vikings. You know, ultimately, like we can look on the bright side. We can be excited about this. It, you know. The special teams hasn't came to bite the Vikings yet. And if they get it fixed in time, maybe it never will. Right. Uh, So there's reason to be concerned here. But looking in the present now, right, what this win does for the Vikings. Now, if you were in the field of Vikings need to tank, um, you're probably not too happy right now because the Vikings are in, have gotten them back into the position where they have essentially screwed themselves out of a top five pick. It's not going to really happen anymore um you know if they want to get a quarterback in next one of those top 2 quarterbacks next year's draft they have to they're going to have to trade up that's the situation they're in now now if you're in the field where you just want to watch competitive football and if the Vikings make it to the playoffs and don't win the Super Bowl you're cool with that probably like the majority of us who are just we can't stop watching the Vikings no matter how bad they are and can't you know root for them to lose no matter how much we know that a top 5 pick would help this team there's reason to be there's legitimate reason to be excited now Act one, two, and three, all complete across the board. That's three divisional wins. That's, you know, it's going to be very, very difficult for the Vikings to miss the playoffs if they're able to accomplish a 4-2, and 5-1 record within the NFC North. It's going to be very difficult to do that. So for that reason alone, you have to be excited. Now, if you look at the standings, you might be thinking, oh, the Vikings aren't really back yet. You're, this is premature. No, it, it's not, though. I understand that they're two games back of Seattle, who theoretically is the number seven seed right now, but they have put themselves into a position to compete regardless. Their mm-hmm. their playoff percentage skyrocketed tonight by getting another div- division win. This The fact that they're not back to 500 is, you know, whatever, but they're back right now. They're right in the thick of it right now. If you If ESPN puts up their favorite graphic, teams that are in the hunt, the Vikings will be listed probably second behind just the Bears. So, and who have they have claimed an advantage over? And by the way, get to play at home later on this year. So, yeah. the Vikings are definitely in position to compete for a playoff spot now. There's, you know, whether you think that this team is can be truly competitive, I think they've shown over the last not just three weeks but last five weeks that they can compete with literally anybody. And that should let you know that should give you hope that this isn't just you know. A, a team that you know is gonna get to nine and seven, lose in the first round, take the number eighteen overall pick and get and you know not draft you know something the like Vic- that can help the Vikings in the immediate future. yeah, I mean, I understand that perception, but in the now, you look at the schedule coming up, you look at what's behind you, what you were able to accomplish over this last month or so, and you have to be pretty fired up as a Vikings fan, I think
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's Yeah, three straight wins against the division, and then, of course, looking at the schedule ahead here, three home games against, um, I won't say struggling teams, Uh, you know, the Dallas struggling, Carolina struggling, Jacksonville really struggling, so there's a lot of optimism there where, you know, this win streak couldn't continue. Uh, Now, I just took a quick peek at the Packers schedule, and outside of really Indianapolis this week, um, I... Uh, their schedule is pretty easy too. moving forward. They have Indianapolis and Tennessee, and those are really their toughest games remaining. Uh, But it's going to take Arizona, Seattle, you know, probably new Orleans or Tampa Bay, you know, a couple of those teams kind of falling off a little bit for the Vikings to move up. And, you know, we're going to look back at that DeAndre Hopkins catch against Buffalo uh, potentially at the end of the season and think, well, that might have snipped the Vikings out of the playoffs Uh, If things kind of trend this similar way, but uh, we'll worry about that for another day right now. Vikings, three straight wins all against the NFC North, four and five record after a one and five start. They get three straight home games now against very beatable opponents. There's a lot to feel good
0: about. Jameis Winston is now the quarterback in New Orleans, by the way.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. Which, (laughs) hey, that's a future Vikings opponent, by the way. Uh, week 16, now, I don't know if you saw the Drew Brees injury, but he has, like, five fractured ribs and a punctured lung. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> about you, but that could be a six-week injury.
0: Uh, they say so, it's three weeks. I was laughing when they said it was three weeks. <laughs> I mean,
1: good luck, Drew. Uh, but I, that's another potential. You know, we could get Jameis Winston versus Kirk Cousins week 16, potentially, when that could be a key, key matchup in the playoff race uh, down the road. But that is way in the future, and it's probably still – uh, aspirational to think of that as a, you know, playoff tilter, uh, six weeks down the road when a lot has to happen before then.
0: I think the best part here is that the Vikings get to go into Thanksgiving and potentially December as a, as a team that can compete for a playoff spot. And really when you start one in five, that's all you can ask for, right? You, you win yeah. three weeks in a row against quality opponents, you know, say what you want about Detroit, but they are also four and five. Uh, they just got, they're coming off of a big win. Uh, so, you know, I I am, I will admit that it's still a little bit difficult to be like, you know, flamboyantly excited about this team just because like you can see some glaring issues, right? And so you can see like very visibly see things that are concerning. But at the same time, like to me, like the highlight thing here is is that Kirk Cousins did this game without Dal- mostly without Dalvin Cook. This is probably about as inefficient as Dalvin Cook is going to be this season, in my opinion. I don't think that the, it's I don't think the most a-
1: inefficient he's been in the last three weeks. Uh, you could probably go back even further uh, to, gosh, I mean, he didn't play Atlanta game, Seattle game. He was pretty solid. You got to go back long, long time before there was a game where Dalvin was this inefficient running the ball. Kirk picked up the slack, offense moved the ball well, they converted a bunch of third downs because of him. You know, this was, it for, it's weird because, you know, you don't want to say Kirk carried the Vikings to a win when they scored 19 points, but, you know, you can say with the Thielen interception, perception, there was probably three to seven points to that extra they could have had. Like, there's, there's a lot of reason to believe Kirk played a heck of a game, perhaps the best one he's played this season
0: it's definitely the most important game, right? We talked about this coming into this week, right? If the Vikings lose this football game, they're dead and they won two games in a row for no reason. Instead, now they've won three in a row and there's reason now. And that's, um, I think that in itself is something to celebrate. You know, I I really do think the Vikings are back at this point. There's, you know, you head into Thanksgiving, right? And you can still talk about Vikings football instead of politics with your family, assuming you are celebrating Thanksgiving with your family. Right. Uh, so that's, I think, I feel like that's a win in itself. So you look at. By the way,
1: Vikings open as seven and a half point favorites against Dallas. So, really? Yeah. Seven and a half point favorites at home. And it sounds like Andy Dalton could be back, but we'll talk about that on the show uh, this week. So,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that seems like a good point there. Um, thank you for listening to this uh, late night recording, uh, where Drew and I are both seemingly half asleep here. Uh but uh, there's, you know, like I said before, this is uh, this is another big reason to be excited about this team and you know the way that they're you know pr- kind of moving forward in a direction where I can see seven and five now. If you told me that three weeks ago that the Vikings had the pot- even the potential to be seven and five, um, I would have told you you're crazy, and I would have told you that you know there's a better chance that you know the Vikings don't win another game then they could potentially be winning three games in a row against division opponents so um, this is a big game no big win big game no matter how poorly Chicago's offense played or how um, you know how inept the Viking special teams was ultimately you know we've talked a lot about is you know this season how important just the record is not necessarily winning in a exciting or you know clean way just winning. The Vikings needed a couple of these games, right? They just needed a couple of games to just win. It didn't need to be perfect, but just win the game, put it on your record, and they did that tonight. So um, Drew and I will be back next week to talk, or excuse me, later on this week uh, to take a look at this upcoming game here with the Dallas Cowboys, as he mentioned. Um, Vikings with a very real opportunity to get back to 500 and continue to try to crawl back into playoff contention after starting 1-5. and five. But uh, for for tonight, this is uh, this is something to be excited about. Um, and definitely uh, gives you reason to believe this team will be competing for you know something in December. So, uh, thank you as always for listening to us. You can find the uh, show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast. Make sure to check us out on Daily Norseman. Um, you can leave a comment in the comment section there. Let us know where you're at. Do you think the Vikings are all the ways back now, um, or do you still need to see a little bit more before you're willing to believe this team has a chance to compete? Let us know. Um, You can also watch us on YouTube. Uh, Both Drew and I have basically black backgrounds today, though, um, given that it's about 11 o'clock Central time (laughs) recording. Um, But uh, I'll leave it at that, um, and we will uh, catch you guys later on this week to discuss the Dallas Cowboys. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you then.